Something's gotta move. In the beginning, man was not sinning. He lived in Eden, and God dwelt with him. But since man's falling, God has been calling us back to friendship again. And something's gotta move. Oh, something's gotta move. When the light hits the darkness, when the lies meet the truth, something's gotta move. Something's gotta move. Hi there, everyone. This is Brayden and Tally Waller with the Voice of My Beloved podcast. We've got a little walk down memory lane there. This is an old song that uh, Brayden recorded with his brothers. How long ago? I would have been about 14 years ago, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Braden was reminiscing the other day and listening to a bunch of his old songs. And, um, and so some of them were this, this message kind of connected to into a couple of them. So yes, if any of you are interested in actually listening to some of these old songs, they're free on reverb nation. If you just type into a Google search, reverb nation, cradle warrior, and you can find lots of old songs. The recording quality is not super high, but the message is still there. Great songs, though. Great songs. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of scripture memory songs on there as well. And uh, mm-hmm. there's, you know, so we're actually going to play, we played one of those last time. Yeah, but there's, yeah, they're all available right there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to yeah. jump in here. Yeah, yeah. So we're continuing our message here. No compromise. Uh, we're going into some of the stories, what we can learn about compromise through these stories here. So, uh, yeah, let's. Let's get started. Yeah, so this first story, Adam and Eve, which the song was talking about, yep. the first compromise was Eve right there in the garden. Mm-hmm. She disobeyed God, right? Ate of that fruit of the tree that God said not to. And what you see, the enemy, he comes in and he challenges God's word. That's, mm-hmm. that's the beginning stage of compromise. Mm-hmm. And so the enemy comes in and says, has God really said, you know, and that's, where the enemy comes in in our lives. Asks a question. Yeah, yeah he challenges, <laughs> challenges God's word. And that's the same thing he does with us. He, the enemy comes in and says, is that really bad? Is that really going to lead you down a wrong path? Mm-hmm. You know, and he challenges that. So how important it is for us to be grounded in God's word mm-hmm. and to be so, you know, just rooted in that strong place so we're not, we're not yielding to those temptations. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, how this story points out just the importance of the question and how it's um, how the enemy uses it. Like he, that's a lot of times how he gets us to start thinking about things. It's such a great way to get people to think, whether good or bad, <laughs> just to ask questions because uh, then you can kind of think about it, gets you thinking and, and coming to conclusions yourself instead of just giving conclusions. So we can see that the enemy uses it here. We, God also uses it in other parts of the Bible where he asks a question, uh, even right after this, where, um, where he where, asks where are Adam, you? <laughs> <laughs> where are you? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, where am I? I don't, <laughs> you know, it's so... Um, the, the importance of the question, I think that's a, 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 big, uh, a big tool that we can, we can learn uh, that, that, you know, as we're want, you know, want to get people to think about things, just ask questions, you know. And, yeah, I think that uh, goes back to the importance of allowing God's word to shine in our hearts yeah. and just to confront where are we, you know, mm-hmm. and to allow God, to allow the Holy Spirit to really ask that question, where are you right now? Yeah. You know, are you far away from God? Have you allowed compromise to 
come between you and God, you know, because right. this is what we see compromise leads to. It leads to separation from God. Adam and Eve were kicked out of this intimate fellowship with God because mm-hmm. of compromise. Yeah. And so just how important it is that we be really in touch yeah. you know, with, are we allowing this into our lives? Right, right. And yeah, and a question can sound so unthreatening too. Like, oh, it's not bad to really th- sit here and ponder this or whatever. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's, uh, it can really get you in a wrong place. So yeah, like Braden said, it's why we need to be really grounded in the word and really connected to the Holy Spirit to know where's this question coming from? Is this a mm-hmm. question I should be pondering? Is this something I should be, uh, you know, I should be entertaining? Are these thoughts that I should be entertaining or should I... Or is this from the enemy? You know, is this leading me down the wrong path? Yeah. And the line, the course of that song is something's got to move when the light hits the darkness, you know? So when we allow the voice of God into our lives, when that light hits the darkness of our sin, our compromise, our apathy, then something's got to move. And I just, I love that thought. I love that picture of it's got to go. You know, there's, there's no option. When we, when we embrace the truth of God's word, that apathy, that compromise has to move out of the way. Mm -hmm. And we then open up ourselves to the fire of God, the fire of the zeal of God. And that's where, that's where we want to be. That's where we want to live. Mm-hmm. Yep. So going along, uh, so we've covered Adam and Eve, and now let's look at Moses. So Moses, we know, had a pretty impeccable, impeccable journey with God. <laughs> but this <laughs> one record. thing, as uh, one thing he does, he does not obey God when he tells him just to speak to the rock. You know, one time before, he struck the rock, as God told him to, but then the second time, God says, just speak to the rock. It seems like Moses lost his patience with the children of Israel and just strikes that rock. So just how important obedience is, because God then says, Moses, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land because of this disobedience. Mm -hmm. So, so important, just going back to that again, just of listening and obeying the word of God. It costs Moses not going into the promised land Mm -hmm. for just this lack of obedience. So uh, we have the passage here. In Numbers 27, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. He said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Mm-hmm. And Moses even pleads with God, right? He's like, God, please, can I go over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I see here too, just how it's like our lives are supposed to bring honor to God. Like that's like the, the ultimate sin, you know? And it's not that, cause before he was told to struck the rock, it's not that striking the rock mm. is bad. You know, it's that, that, that action, but it was, it was when we disobey, when we disobey, when we're walking out of a submitted heart to God, we aren't bringing honor to God's name. And so I think that's, that's where the big, you know, that's where we can fall. Like, cause who would have thought, you know, the, I don't know, with compromise, you know, it's like, it can seem so small sometimes. Right. Like it can seem like not a big deal. Like, well, Hey, you were mad at them before, you know, <laughs> I'm going to show them cause I'm mad at them now. I know you've been upset at them before. I'm just going to strike this rock to show. But God was like, that's not what I wanted this time. You, you didn't show my heart in this, in this situation. So I wasn't hallowed in their, in their eyes. And so, you know, yeah, there's also this understanding such too. Such a small difference, you know, like right. such a little. There's also this understanding too, we see in Corinthians that that rock which followed them in the wilderness was Messiah. 
Mm-hmm. And so we know that Messiah was struck once. Mm-hmm. And it, there seems to be this prophetic picture that's being played out. And God didn't want that rock struck twice. Right. You know, right. there's this, there's this prophetic picture. Yeah. That, that Moses probably was not aware of. Yeah. It wasn't aware of. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, just the importance of obeying the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we don't know the full picture. Only God does. Right. <laughs> he tells us to obey and we just have to say, okay, even if we don't understand, cause we don't, we don't know the full picture. Right. Yeah. Samson. Let's look at the life of Samson. We know that Samson had an anointing from God, but yet he abused it in some situations. And mm-hmm. looking at judges 16, 16, we see that, you know, Samson had a weakness for women, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Delilah here, it says, is pestering him daily. He just keep, She just keeps on pestering him and just really getting under his skin. And finally, he just yields up his secret, right? He says, you know, a razor has not touched my head since I was born. I'm a Nazarite. So then Delilah's got her secret to take away Samson's strength. But Samson made several small compromises. And when you look at it, the life of Samson, you can see that his eyes were his problem. You know, he had a lust problem. And then he, at the end of his life, he loses his eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, so compromises l- lead to us really losing mm-hmm. part of what God wants us to have. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, we can see that from the life of Samson just as a lesson from his life. You know, that area that you yield to the enemy mm-hmm. is the area that you will likely lose if you continue down that path of compromise. Yep. And it's a small progression. Step right. by step, it's the the daily, you know, the the enemy coming in daily and convincing you of something or right. trying to get you to go one way. <laughs> yeah, and you can see really the mercy of God in his life. You know, God did not directly confront Samson in these beginning stages of compromise. Mm-hmm. I believe God will allow us to go even for years at a time in a state of compromise before he actually confronts it head on. Mm-hmm. And it's just his mercy, really. You can see that in the story of Israel. You know, there would be decades of the people of Israel walking in compromise, walking in a backslidden state, Mm -hmm. but yet God is being merciful. He's being gracious and not punishing them right away. Mm -hmm. He's like, whoa, they might repent. They might turn back to me. And we Mm -hmm. see that here in this country, I believe as well. You know, God's in his perfect justice would pour out very much wrath in this country for all the immorality, all the abortion, the murder that's going on. But yet he in his mercy is allowing a window for repentance mm-hmm. and will we respond to that window as a, as a nation? And that's the big question. Right, uh, right. I like to compare Samson with Joseph because just like Delilah was pestering Samson daily, Potiphar's wife, if we look at Genesis 39, 10 was daily enticing Joseph. Mm-hmm. It was this constant bombardment of mm-hmm. come be with me, you know, just this enticement. And in our world today, this enticement is a becoming a part of our culture, mm-hmm. you know? So, but we see in the life of Joseph that he refused it. And that's what I want to encourage young people, everyone out there. There is a place, even if you're living in a seductive society, even as Joseph was, he was in the midst of this seduction, but yet he refused it. He knew mm-hmm. that this, you know, he even says there in Genesis 39, he says, how could I sin against God? he realized that if he was to yield to this temptation of lust, he would actually be sinning against God. Mm-hmm. And that's the picture that I don't believe everyone fully sees, but this is the reality of the scripture. When David sins with Bathsheba, he says, against you and you only have I sinned. Mm-hmm. He recognized that the sin of immorality was actually a sin against God himself. It marred the image of God. Mm-hmm. 
And so when we come to realize that, it helps us to realize the severity of this sin. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage all those out there to make a stand, to not compromise in this area, mm-hmm. whether that be internet pornography, whether that be whatever it is that the enemy is enticing you, mm-hmm. that you say no to that and you get help. You know, walking out a life of purity and holiness actually entails humility because I know in my own life, is as I battled for purity. It was as I humbled myself before my brothers and, and confessed to them areas in my life where I had made mistakes, where I failed. It was in that place that the grace of God came in mm-hmm. and, and empowered me to overcome. Right. So I just want to encourage you out there. It's not a mystery on how we overcome. You know, James says, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. There's a power for healing in our souls mm-hmm. as we confess to one another and pray for one another. Mm-hmm. And this is where we combat apathy. It's where we combat compromise. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. We need to be like Joseph to turn away. I, lo- I love the verse in the epistles talking about flee youthful lust. It was what we see in Joseph's life. He fled it. He fled away from it. Uh-huh. He, had wa- he wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And we can see just what a difference there was in the life of Samson versus uh, Joseph. Joseph, there was great reward, you know, and when he kept on, he kept, maybe not immediately, you know, he was thrown into the jail still. Um, it didn't look too, too great at first, but, but eventually God rewarded him for, for that stance, for submitting to him and continuing to wanting, wanting to fear him, wanting to fear God um, more than fearing man. And, uh, and we saw that, we saw how that, that really, uh, there was a great reward in that. So. Yeah. And just as you bring that up, I'm thinking also of in our culture, we oftentimes want immediate results, right? We mm-hmm. want to get those immediate and some things are immediate. Some things happen very quickly, but oftentimes what you see in the scripture is that there are seeds that we sow that we actually reap those harvest even years down the, right. down the line. You know, mm-hmm. we, the fruit of our actions actually don't fully come into the light often till a long times away. Mm-hmm. And so just to keep that in mind, you know, you may embrace a lifestyle that is contrary to the world. You may not see the full benefit of that in even months time, but you'll see it over years. You'll see mm-hmm. the blessing of walking in God's way over mm-hmm. years. And it yeah. will be so sweet. Those blessings will be so sweet in your life. Yeah. I even think of uh, just the real, you know, an actual seed, you plant it, you know, and then it takes a lot of hours of toil <laughs> to like kind of cultivate it, mm-hmm. you know, so that there is fruit in the end. So it's, it's not an immediate thing, uh, that, that, that process of, of planting seeds and then seeing a harvest at some right. point <laughs> down the right. road. Right. It takes patience. Yep. And continuing, you got to keep on, you got to keep on nurturing that, keep on nurturing that, that thing, that place, that yes. good seed. <laughs> and so then along the same lines of battling immorality. We have the story of David. Uh, one of the things that David did not do, we see is he did not go out into battle. And I think there's a spiritual lesson for us in that is that we need to go out to battle. We need to put on the whole armor of God mm-hmm. spiritually and face the enemy. David, when he got into adultery with Bathsheba, he did not go into battle. He was back there alone. He may have been bored. We don't know. He may have just been, uh, just trying to, you know, get, get through his, uh, whatever. And, but, but he's out just kind of, it looks like he's just wandering along the, the, the porch mm-hmm. of his palace. And he looks out and sees Bathsheba and he's just, he's, he's hooked. He, he gets hooked into that, that lust. So just how important it is to engage in the battle, mm-hmm. to not allow the enemy to hook us 
in a point of weakness and really just the importance of being together. You know, if you're a man out there to, to be together with other men, to pray together with other men, if you're a woman out there to pray together with other women Mm -hmm. and just to be together in this fight for Mm -hmm. purity. Then we look along at Solomon. So David, he compromised in this area. And then Solomon, we see the fruit of that. You know, a lot of times these decisions that we make can affect the future generations. And we see that very strongly with Solomon. Solomon has uh, 300 wives and 700 porcupines, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I heard someone say. Instead of concubines, they call them porcupines. (laughs) But uh, man, that's a lot of wives and and, uh, concubines to keep up with. (laughs) So he was a man of peace though, right? He's trying to make peace with these countries, these neighboring countries. And if you've got a, a wife mm-hmm. that your daughter, you know, you got, you got your daughter over in the kingdom of Israel, they're not going to go fighting with it. Right. And so this is part <laughs> of the, uh, kind of the strategy of these ancient Kings. They would just marry the daughters of the neighboring <laughs> countries in order to stay out of war. So, uh, Solomon, he, you know, even his name, Shlomo, it means peace. You know, mm-hmm. so he's, he's pursuing peace. But I just want to say, as I mentioned in the first podcast, there is a real good place to be at peace with people, but there's one person you don't want to be at peace with. And that's the devil himself, right? You know, in our, in our kind of just namby pamby approach to life, sometimes in this country, even we can just make a, an attempt to be, I just want to be at peace with, with, with people Mm -hmm. at the expense of the truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do need to desire to be at peace with all men. Yes, the scripture says to, to seek to be at peace with all men. Mm-hmm. But we also have to come to that place where we draw the line if we're being tempted into compromise. Mm-hmm. Where we, we're not, you know, if it's going to, if someone says, oh, I'm going to be upset with you if you don't go to the R-rated movie with me. Then I have to say, you know what, I have to stand in righteousness over just appeasing someone that mm-hmm. wants to pull me into compromise. Right, right. Yeah. So this is how important it is to, to take a stand at times and not just to, you know, as Solomon, just try to be at peace with your neighbors, and mm-hmm. even though it's going to lead you into what it led him to, into idolatry, right? Mm-hmm. This, this attempt to just be at peace with everyone around him led him into immorality and idolatry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now let's look along here, just going through these different stories in the Bible. You know, we can learn just from these stories of, you know, how do we stay out of compromise? How do we stay out of falling into these, these ditches? So, just take a look here at Uzziah for a moment. Uh, we've got Uzziah. He began to reign at 16 years old. Second Chronicles 26, verse 4, it says, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. So here we see he was a good king to start out with. And it's just, it's heartbreaking at times to see all these kings that started out so good, mm-hmm. but then totally failed at the end. And this is the story of Uzziah. He's, he's really walking in the ways of God to begin with. It says God made him prosper. He was prospering because he was walking in obedience. It says, but then in verse 16, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Mm-hmm. So how important is it for us to, when we feel strong, to still humble ourselves before God and realize that all of our strength comes from him. Mm-hmm. So Uzziah, his heart's lifted up. He transgresses against God. The story is he goes into the temple to offer incense, which was only the priest role. Mm-hmm. And he, he gets struck with leprosy. And it says he was struck with leprosy. He has leprosy until the day of his death. Mm-hmm. Just how sad you know, to start out so strong and committed to God mm-hmm. and then end up a leper because of disobedience. Yeah. So just, yeah, we have to be, we have to be careful, you know, for all of us that feel sold out, like I'm going for the long haul. Yeah. Just to realize that there is, there's a real battle going on and right. we need to be, be careful 
You know, mm-hmm. uh, it says in the scripture that to him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we want to stand. You want to have, having un- done all, stand, mm-hmm. but also be aware that we're only standing by the grace of God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's such an important point uh, as we walk this walk out because, you know, uh, there's a couple different ways to look at it. You can look at the guy, you know, who's trying to get you to go to the movies and you could say, well, I don't watch those kind of movies. And it could build up this kind of self-righteous thing too, which eventually that that leads to bad fruit, leads to destruction. You know, as right. as we can see here, you know, it's like there he did what was right and God made him prosper. There's reward. There's great reward in, um, in doing the right thing in walking righteously, um, you know, and God made him prosper and then it leads to pride and then the fall. And so that's where, man, we just have to be so careful, uh, as we walk this out. Uh, it doesn't mean that you go to the movie with him (laughs) so that you can keep yourself from you know, self-righteousness, but it really means that, um, man, you just have to, you just have to understand your, um, your constant need of the Holy Spirit, your constant need of Yeshua, uh, to walk you, you know, walk you on down this path that, uh, that you'll be able to, to, to hold out, you know, and I, and I, I think a lot about that story of the, um, the story of the guy who's, um, standing and praying and right. just going thank you god that thank i'm not you a god sinner. that i am not a sinner like <laughs> this man over uh-huh. here and then the other one's beating his chest saying i'm i'm but a sinner god forgive me have mercy, you know, on, have me. mercy on me uh-huh. and you know i think that the point of that story is as soon as our our focus gets towards other people uh, looking at other people and seeing, you know, cause that, that's what that guy was doing. The self-righteous man, he's looking at someone else and going, I am so much better than them. Right. I, uh, you know, that, that guy is, you know, and I think that that's really the area we really need to keep in check is I need to be assessing myself and, right. and, and allowing God to deal with me and allow and, and freeing God <laughs> to deal specifically with all these other people, you know, and right. not, um, you know, I, I think that's the place where we kind of get pride is when yeah. we start looking at everyone else, uh, which is what the, the self-righteous man did. And that's the thing. The sinner was sitting there. Me, he wasn't looking anywhere else. Mm-hmm. He's saying, this is me. This is my situation. You know, I've, I've been full of sin and you've had mercy on me. Right. You know, which I think we all can say that. Yeah. <laughs> so when we just look at ourselves. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, so. that's really good. Yeah. Yes. So moving along to, let's look at the life of Saul. We see with Saul, he also disobedience. You know, this is the common thread through all these is disobedience. He disobeys. He, uh, he spares the flock, right? Of the Amal- Amalekites. He also spares their king, Agag. And this is outright disobedience. First uh, Samuel fifteen fourteen. So Samuel comes up, he says, after Saul's told him, you know, basically he's, he's done the right thing, but he comes up and Samuel, humorously, he says, what is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen, which I hear? <laughs> Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people 
it's interesting. He says for the he blames the people because if you actually back up a few verses, it says Saul and the people spared the flocks. But mm-hmm. now Saul's feeling under the gun here a little bit. He's like Samuel. It was the people that did this. <laughs> so for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. When we you know when they're utterly destroyed, it he wants to put himself in it. Too. <laughs> Saul's just an interesting character. He is definitely. so. Samuel then responds to this. He says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And this is a very fascinating story because we know that this is the first instance of someone being troubled by an evil spirit. After this, Saul is troubled by an evil spirit. And Samuel actually spells it out. He says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So rebellion can look so innocent at times like you see it in children oh they're just you know just rebellious typical rebellious children which children do struggle with rebellion typically young children we have we have a few of our own (laughs) it's it's not unusual no our children are perfect (laughs) (laughs) but but this rebellion you know left unchecked it actually gives birth to witchcraft Mm -hmm. and just how kind of in your face that is wow witchcraft that's that's pretty heavy duty and I've just noticed over the years that people, especially teenagers, they don't realize what they're getting into when they embrace rebellion. And I encourage children, you know, if your parents tell you whatever it might be, you know, it might even be something that you don't agree with, but in order to stay out of that spirit of rebellion, I encourage children, you know, if your dad doesn't want you doing that, I just, I would go with that, you know, because right, yeah. you want to avoid that demonic onslaught that comes after you when you get into a spirit of rebellion yeah, and just how important that is when you're in your father's house, I just encourage young people to recognize what you're dealing with. Well, you know, the sobriety of it, Mm -hmm. of wanting to walk in a excellent spirit, a spirit of honor. And there's great blessing in that. You know, we look at the life of Saul and from this moment forward, he is a troubled man. He's trying to kill his own son. He's trying to kill David and he's just so troubled. And so in our era, in this day and time, I look out and I see so many young people that are just so troubled. They're mm-hmm. so eat up with fears, anxieties, with so many things of the enemy. And I just pray to God that they will realize this connection, that they will repent of rebellion mm-hmm. and, and you know, get far away from that, that they can shut that door to the demonic influence that it brings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, each one of us are called to a different place as far as different relationships, different authority structure. I mean, there's different, you know, all of us have some sort of authority in our lives. So that's our parents or, you know, our pastors or our elders or, you know, the the people in our lives that we've submitted ourselves to or um, made ourselves accountable to. Um, And I think that you know, I think it gets so easy to take yourself out of the specific place that God put you and go, well, those people over there don't have to do that. Well, they're in a different authority structure. So, and I think that that's kind of part of what this whole issue is because we see it with Saul and we saw with Moses where they kind of extracted themselves from that particular situation in that situation God said do this and they took themselves out of it and said well in this other situation we were allowed to do this so it's not that big of a deal but it's kind of like just it's I don't know it's this way of like 
taking yourself out of the authority structure, out of the position that God specifically placed you in. And I think that's why it's such an important thing is because when you start removing yourself from your the authority, the human authority system that God's put you in, it's like, like when it comes from, you know, this is Moses obeying God. This is Saul obeying the prophetic voice that God put in his life. Like that's what it ends in is rebellion against God um, and taking yourself and making excuses for why you don't need to listen to this particular piece of advice, you know, because if you remove yourself from that particular situation, it makes sense to make those decisions, but that's not what God wants. He wants us to stay right there, stay right, right. in that submitted spot, that beautiful submitted spot that he put us in and be faithful in that place. Right. And there's yeah. such reward in that. You know, it says yeah. in Psalm 19, in keeping of them, there's great reward. Keeping the word of God, there's great reward in it. It may be difficult mm-hmm. for our flesh at times. It may be humbling for our pride, which is really good for us, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's such reward in it. And I just want to encourage that, that there is a great blessing in following after God. And this whole connection with rebellion being as the sin of witchcraft, you know, the devil, that was his sin. He rebelled against God. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he is seeking. He's seeking to stir up those seeds of rebellion in all of mankind mm-hmm. to rebel ultimately against God, against his word, against who he is. And he actually puts tests in our lives as children if I'm you know, children out there that are listening, the test he puts in your life is how are you going to relate to your parents? You know, mm-hmm. your parents didn't just, you know, happen. God actually, you know, God has a whole plan. He actually put your parents in your life on purpose. Right. And so <laughs> he's got things that he's going to work into your life specifically for you through your parents. And how are you going to relate to them? Are you going to be honoring towards them even when you don't necessarily see things the way that they see them? Are you going to still have an honoring approach in your relationship to them? Mm -hmm. If you do, there's great blessing in that. If you Mm -hmm. don't, there's this sobering reality of possible demonic influence in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to get into rebellion, Mm -hmm. get into this place of walking outside of the blessing. And so, yes, they want to encourage that. Encourage seeking God and relating to the people in your life in a way that's going to attract his blessing and mm-hmm. his favor. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. embrace that spot that God put you in. Yes. Embrace your spot, your position. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we want to close out with a song. This is a, another scripture song, but this is Paul saying, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. And so the reason we're doing this whole podcast on compromise is just to encourage you to finish the race strong. You know, we have mm-hmm. these biblical examples in the Bible, you know, these, uh, that's a little redundant biblical examples in the Bible, <laughs> but, but anyway, we've got these examples of people that did run the race all the way to the end. And that's what we want to be. We want to follow the, their example. So may you fight the good fight mm-hmm. and finish strong. Yeah. This is Brayden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing, who have loved his appearing.